Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Ben Bullen. And I'm Scott Benjamin. And today we are going to talk about war, but maybe not in the way you think. Right? War. Tell me if you remember this, Scott. All my friends drive a lowrider. A lowrider is a little bit lower. Very nice. The 1975 hit song by a band called War. Ah, very good. I, I wondered where you were going with this war angle on this thing. But uh, yeah, of course, everybody knows that song, right? Yeah, yeah. Every dun 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 Yeah. Sing a little bit, Ben. I've done my piece. Ah, oh, shoot. Okay. I've done was, my bit. I was hoping to get you to... Maybe sing the first verse. Oh, gosh. No, I embarrassed both of us. <laughs> um, but uh, we were going to talk about uh, lowriders today. Yeah. Bajito y suavecito. Yes. How's that? Low and sexy. Is that right? Uh, low yeah. and slow. Low and slow. Well, Wait, you, let's do it again. You can be sexy if you want, let's Ben. Let's do it but again. I'm just, no, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, keep low it in. Low and sexy. That's keep right. it in. Yeah, keep it low in. and slick. Uh, whatever. Well, but the 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 thing about lowriders, yeah. And if you'll you'll pardon my um, embarrassing mistranslation there, mm-hmm. the thing about lowriders is that unlike a lot of other heavily modified cars, they're not modified for high performance on the road. Ah, uh, yes, that's a that's a key point in these things is that you know modifications a lot of times you'll find people do modifications for speed power sure. superchargers exactly they uh they replace the engine they change the transmission the gearing they uh they do something to make the you know uh the car just a little bit faster whether it's aerodynamic advantage whether it's um you know again transmission mm-hmm. change around uh, the compression it, it, everything they can change for speed but some people have taken it a different direction and they, they have made it kind of like – it's more of a show car. It's more about – it's actually all about style in this case. Yeah, it's not style over substance so much as style is the substance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a it, – and I'm going to say it's more of a lifestyle than than just style the car because mm-hmm. the people that are involved with lowriders, this is really their lifestyle. They're also 
called lowriders themselves. And uh, if if we can do the history real quick, because the history is fascinating. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so this style, the lowrider style, both the car and the lifestyle, emerged from Chicano culture in California around the 1930s, which is older than a lot of people would think. That's unbelievable. Yeah, and uh, at this time, these people were buying and customizing older cars and they're, you know, there's still hot rod culture mm-hmm. in, in this time in, in U.S. history. And so these people aren't customizing cars to emulate hot rod style. What they're trying to do literally is get a car that looks really good and memorable and is super comfortable when they're cruising up and down the strip, uh, you know, looking for the perfect Saturday night. Mm-hmm. So – and these guys – um Ben. Yes. Let's just come right out and say it. These, these, are car- yes. these guys are cruising for chicks. These are cars to pick up chicks. Yeah, that's right. These are cars <laughs> to pick up chicks. That's what it's all about. This is uh, this is where it started in the 30s. Can you believe it? I can't. I mean, you were trying to be so smooth about that, trying to get around that, right? I was I was trying to uh, do refer to it in a roundabout way. Yeah. Right? Okay. Okay. So this is uh, for the gentlemen trying to pick up the ladies on the road because they're uh, they're trying to make their car stand out, trying to be very stylish mm-hmm. and yet comfortable. So I wasn't that. Uh, I wasn't that off with my mistranslation. They are uh, supposed to be bajito y suavito. However, that's low and slow, but they are also supposed to have sex appeal. Sure. Low and sexy, as you say. <laughs> I'm never going to live that one down. <laughs> that's fine. Whatever. It just uh, it, it just shocked me just for a moment. That's okay. All. So yeah. basically a lowrider. Yeah. What is it? Okay. Lowrider is uh, – well, we mentioned this already, but it's uh, it's all about style. Um, primarily, you're looking at cars that um, – well – Let's just get the obvious out of it here. They ride low to the ground. Yes. Very low to the ground. That's that's typical. But there's kind of a new movement in this that uh, that happened not so long ago, really, if you think mm-hmm. about it. But um, for the most part, the early, early cars were scraping the ground, super low. Uh, that's why they call them low riders, of course. But they didn't have these trick suspensions like they have now. Really, it was all about just getting the car right down on the ground. And there were some cars that were good for that, some cars that were bad for that. Mm-hmm. And now we should mention Chevrolet, right? Yeah, I think so because Chevrolet, they, they this is what's strange about this is that in the 30s when this all began, uh, the Chevrolet cars had a flat, more of a flat front end and back end mm-hmm. than did the the Fords of the day. Mm-hmm. And I think the Chevrolets, I think, were also a bit cheaper to buy yes. used. But uh, one thing about the Fords of you know the early third, well, the 30s and 40s. They had a bump on on the in the front of the bumper that made it difficult for them to actually get it as low as they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was kind of a bulge in the the chrome bumper part, um, which didn't allow them to get it right on the ground like they like to do. And um, you know, so in order to to work around that, they would have to replace the bumpers with something else. And uh, you know, for for some of them, that just wasn't in the budget really. Yeah. Um, so they went back to the Chevrolet and decided that this is the car that was the one to modify. This is the one to drop right down to the ground. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, later. Fords had a different design that were, you know, a little bit more useful for for low riding, I guess, or for this modification. But um, that was what it was all about. It was about getting the car right down on the ground. Recently, um, if you want to get up to current, and you know, we can still go back if yeah, you want. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, they're they're. Uh, it's more about like the the dancing cars and the suspensions and mm-hmm. the, the hydraulics and the air air ride shocks and um, yeah. it's just it's about making the car do some unbelievable things really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
some of them are, are designed with um, air suspensions, which are the kind that you know you see them cruising down the road, and they might be on three wheels. Yes, you seen this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that let's say the left front wheel is up in the air, they're going really slow, but the, mm-hmm. the right back corner of the car is practically scraping the ground if it's not actually mm-hmm. scraping the ground. Um, it's all adjustable, of course. You know, these air shocks are adjustable with a compressor, um, but it's generally those are generally driven and and. The cars are, are manipulated while the person is driving them, or it's a carload of people and it's being manipulated. It's rising up and down and, mm-hmm. and left and right. There's another type that is is more so used in competition. Right, and this is hydraulic suspension. Yeah, this is the one that everybody says that's a hydraulic suspension. Well, the hydraulic suspension is the ones that people make dance. Mm-hmm. It's the one that pops up and down. The one that uh, they make do. You know, it looks like it's going to flip over backwards. It sure. flip, raises up. It, so the high. front is bouncing. Yeah, they raise the whole vehicle up to the height of a monster truck, mm-hmm. and then they uh, and so it goes way up in the air. It looks like it's on just little spindly pieces of metal, but it's really the suspension. Yeah. Um, and then they just start hopping the front end. They're not in the vehicle at the time, uh, but they do start bouncing with an actuator that's a remote control. It's a handheld control that they're outside of the vehicle. And uh, they make the car dance, make it hop up and down. They can make the entire thing jump off the ground, which is really dramatic to see. Yeah, um, but the crowd goes nuts. When and you can you like can this. check out videos of these. There yeah. are competitions for this. Yeah, it's worth your time on YouTube. I think it is. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty interesting to see. I mean, I'll be honest. After a while, I get a little tired of it. I mean, it's it's interesting, but there's only so high a car can bounce. And you can see that, you know, because it, it does go to the maximum because the rear bumper will hit the ground. Right. And what's what another thing that's uh, very interesting about this is make no mistake. There are probably a few listeners here unfamiliar with lowriders saying, gosh, Scott and Ben, that sounds like it's terrible for a car's suspension. <laughs> it's not all about that. That's it. It's not what it's about at all. Because, in yeah. fact, some of the cars that I saw jumping. Some that were, um, you know, that were actually leaping off the ground, all four wheels at one time. Wow. Um it had you could tell in the, from the video it was a green car that I saw in this video. Um, I couldn't understand a word that they were speaking in this yeah. video. It wasn't it wasn't English. Okay. And um, as they were announcing it, you, know, you could tell that you know parts of the car were starting to break free. Yes. Um, it's very very difficult. Even even the, it's built for this, but it's still very punishing on the vehicle. And you mm. can tell that this particular car had rolled over at least once. Um, wow. The top was caved in. There was no glass in the front. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you know. It probably didn't have any glass to begin with because of the, the jarring. But yeah. um, I know that some of the – like the A panel where it connects to the roof had just given away. Huh. Um, so it was it was definitely very damaging to the car. Now, this is something that is, of course, expected with lowriders because of the nature of that sort of system. That I mean, sort of system, yeah. But a yeah. lot of them, like the ones that cruise the streets, those are pure show cars. Those are – some of those are – I'll, I'll say they're 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 gaudy, but they're beautiful. Oh yeah, man! And you uh, you can see uh, pictures of the interiors too. The interiors oftentimes are just as heavily modified, if not more. Oh yeah, than, so a, than the suspension. Yeah, I've seen some of those. And I, I feel like wow, that looks so much better than my house. It's like it's like quilted velour or something. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. It's so swivel bucket seats. Yeah, swivel bucket seats and and the velour, you know, whatever color they use to match the entire thing. Uh-huh. It's it's remarkable. Some of them are just really really over the top. Um, mm. you know, with the, the softness inside and then on the outside, um I guess the the biggest um elements of design that they use for these things are pinstriping. They use yeah. a lot of pinstriping. Um mm. uh it's often metal flake paints like you remember the um 
uh, the old doom buggies yeah, yeah, back yeah, in the yeah. 70s, 60s. Um, a lot of them still use metal flake in the paints, uh, which is pretty dramatic, I guess. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are chopped, so they have a, a real low roof line like a hot rod would have. Yeah, uh, chopping uh, chopping in cars where you take off the top and you adjust the rake of the windshield. Yeah, so that's right. You lower – yeah, exactly. You, you adjust the rake of the windshield and it's lower, so like it has a lower profile. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a cool look, I think. I like yeah, that's a, that's a cool look. Now, I, I should say as we're going into this that I couldn't really see myself owning a lowrider, especially in Atlanta, mm-hmm. because our – the the condition of our roads is so often hilarious. Yeah. Um. But the the but, appeal is definitely there. But would that help you? Because a lot of hot rodders. I don't. You may not know this. I don't, I don't know. But um. Let's say that you got an old uh, Mercury. Okay. A lead sled. Great right. big Mercury. And um, you're going to the cruise night at uh, the local A and W restaurant or whatever. I don't even know if those are still around. Uh, you're going to a cruise <laughs> night at a drive-in. Sure. Okay. And, uh, you know, as you enter from the street, you're fine on the street, you know, with the car being nice and low to the ground. You're, so let's say it's like an inch off the ground, okay? Okay. But you're entering the parking lot, and it's got an immediate rise to the uh, to the parking lot. It goes up a small oh, ramp to get yeah. in. There's no way that car is going to make it in. So I've seen a lot of hot rods where they're turning, let's say, left or right into a uh, parking lot. They have to stop, adjust the air suspension, raise it up to, you know, three or four inches or whatever mm-hmm. is acceptable, uh, to get over that bump and then drive in and then park again, lower the car and then, you know, cruise on in. Now that's like the most common type of suspension for low riders. The air suspension? Yeah. Yes, it is. And that, and, and it makes sense because if you're taking a vehicle that you have spent thousands of dollars on, we'll, we'll get into some of the money mm-hmm. that, that, that is around here, uh, in this, in this sort of, um, lifestyle. But once you've spent that amount of money, and you want to take it to a show, you don't want to have all your hard work dashed because of a bump in the road. A speed know? bump in the parking lot. Right. Precisely. Yeah. And so uh, what you what you will find is incredibly useful is to have an air suspension system mm-hmm. that can raise you up and then lower you back down so you still got the same sweet ride for the show. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And uh, like you mentioned, you know, that the airbag also – the airbag suspension also gives you a softer ride mm-hmm. uh, so that, you know, you're not um, – that's not as damaging to your body, I guess, as you drive around town in it because uh, <laughs> yeah. it's just a little bit easier to use. But I don't know. I've seen some of these cars tooling around town on, on three wheels. It's kind of neat to see. I mean, definitely slow. They always go slow. Yeah. Um, it's not about speed. This isn't a, a speed sport or it isn't for, uh, you know, who can go the fastest from this light to the next light. Mm-hmm. Um, it's completely all about style. And it looks like they're having a lot of fun too because, definitely. you know, one thing that uh, is always mentioned is that it's a real social scene. Yes. Uh, the low riding scene is very, very social and, uh, you know, it's all about, um, showing the car and, you know, standing next to the car and talking about the car and yeah. having a car load of people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not really an individual sport. Right. Yeah. And of course, there are, uh, some publications that can quickly familiarize you with mm-hmm. some of the, uh, Greatest hits of the low riding, yeah. uh, both the vehicles and the social events. Uh, low rider magazine, of course, mm-hmm. is a huge one. So is, uh, street low magazine. Um, now we, we should say, uh, I, I've encountered sometimes people who consider themselves car enthusiasts, mm-hmm. but sort of dismiss this kind of car show or like the same way they would dismiss like an art car show or something. So okay. well, it's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. But my idea is that if you like good engineering and if you like well done customization, this, 
go to at least one of these shows before you write these guys off because mm-hmm. they're doing some amazing work. Yeah, like I mentioned, they're they're a bit on the gaudy side, some of them. Absolutely, just because they try to go over the top with uh, with everything that they do. It's it's uh, it's intentional. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like you said, Ben, you gotta give it a try. Give it a shot if you've never really examined a lowrider car because I don't know, it's just not your thing. Mm-hmm. Take a good hard look at it because you're right; it'll be surprising just how much goes into one of those cars and and the uh, the amount of engineering that's that's involved with getting a car to do what it does. Yeah, like Scott, you know, they use have to use extra car batteries to power the actuators on some of these things. Isn't that amazing. Yeah, and it. It's the, I mean, the, the layout of some yeah. of those actuators too. Have you ever seen the, like they open up the trunk and you see that, you know, all the hydraulic pumps that are involved. Uh, in it. Yeah. it looks like a, a plumber's nightmare in the back, you know, the back end of the car, but mm-hmm. it's also very, very interesting to look at. I mean, if, if you've never had anybody show you the actual system that operates something like this, you know, ask a driver. They'll, they'll be happy to show mm-hmm. you this because that's what they, they do. That's their, that's what they have built this vehicle for is just to kind of show it off. They don't yes. want to keep it all themselves. They want to tell people about it. It's just like any other car group, and that there's an amount of pride that goes along with it, and um, an intense amount of pride, really, mm-hmm. and an intense amount of work. Yeah. So you know, maybe you do approach somebody who's uh, you know driving a low rider and, and ask them, you know, can I can I take a look at this thing? Yeah. In uh, in my experience, and uh, maybe I'm just a amicable guy, but in my experience. Uh, nine times out of ten, if someone has a really interesting vehicle and it's well maintained, mm-hmm. and you just politely ask them, uh, they they would usually love to tell you about it because oh, yeah. they've spent so much time working on it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's uh, again source of pride, and uh, they they love to tell anybody and everybody about it. I got we got to talk though. We got to talk turkey. Okay. So Scott, there is a little bit of bad news about lowriders. Really. Yeah, and it is all financially related. Is it that they can't carry heavy loads in the trunk? <laughs> That's a bonus bad <laughs> point. Um, yeah, they can't. They can't carry heavy loads. That's oh, that true. is bad news, Ben. Bad so news. when you try to sell a lowrider that you've you've worked on, um, unless you find someone who specifically collects these things and wants your vehicle, um, your not going to have a very good chance of getting the money you put into it back out. As a matter of fact, uh, for a lot of people, the hobby is found in the building of the vehicle and it's not a financial calculation, which is good mm-hmm. because if you're trying to make your fortune off of low riders, off of buying and selling them, you're not going to do very well unless you do everything yourself. Yeah, unless you're a custom house building cars for somebody else. Exactly. And they're paying you to do that uh, mm-hmm. by the hour because uh, you're exactly right. But that's, uh, you know, such is the uh, the sport of auto collecting, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, restoration costs far mm-hmm. more than just buying a car that's done. Yeah, and and if you also consider that if you are, God forbid, involved in an accident, mm-hmm. uh, most car insurance companies that insure your vehicle – are not going to take into account its collectible status. They're going to insure your, let's say they'll insure your 70s or 80s Monte Carlo as a 70s or 80s Monte Carlo. Yeah, it's not going to be a 70s or 80s Monte Carlo worth $110,000. Uh, quick it's, shout out to my car. Monte Carlos are pretty popular <laughs> in the lowrider community. Yes, they are. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, yeah, they definitely are. There's a, there's a whole list of them. In fact, if you want to, you know what? That's something else. We've got another article that's uh, besides you know just how lowriders work. We've also got an article called Ten Great Lowriders," uh-huh. and it's it's not just ten specific vehicles. It's about 
10 types of vehicles that make good little riders and why. Mm-hmm. Um, this was an interesting one, I thought, um, because when you get to number one, you're going to be surprised. Should I even, should I even tell them what's number one or just make them go to the site? Because um, I tell you, it's, it's shocking. It's, um, uh, should I, should I say it? You should, you have to say. All right. It. All wait, right. wait, wait. First, first though, real quick, I'll I'll do running. I won't even describe them. I'll just list uh, them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So we've got the at number ten, we've got the nineteen thirty nine Chevy that we were talking about originally. Mm-hmm. Uh, number nine, we've got the nineteen forty one Ford. Mm-hmm. Number eight, we've got the nineteen fifty Mercury eight. Sure. Uh, seven, of course, we got a Chevy Impala. Very popular. Mm-hmm. Number six, uh, sixty five Buick Riviera. Love that one. The boat tail end. Mm-hmm. Makes sense one. too. Beautiful. Um, nineteen fifties Chevrolet trucks. Who doesn't like an old pickup truck? Who doesn't? Um, and then a Lincoln Continental. Awesome. A stately choice. Mm-hmm. And then. Beastie Boys love that one too. Yeah. <laughs> the Buick Regal, 1984. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, that's an awesome front end on that one, mm-hmm, isn't it? Love that. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, oh. num- number two, of course. Ah, here you go. Chevy Monte Carlo. Monte Carlo. I knew you'd bring it back somehow. Yeah. And number one, now, a number shocker, right? Drum roll, please. A 2007 Toyota Camry. What? Yeah. Now, okay, this is added here at kind of a little, I don't know if it's tongue in cheek or what, but honestly, and this is a growing mm-hmm. trend in low riding, uh, low riding community. It seems set to continue. It, it I think it is. And yeah. this is strange because, you know, the, the car, the list of cars that you just read, you know, one of these things is not like the other, right? Right. right. And, um, 2007 Toyota Camry, it's, it's really a shock. But if you look at the, uh, well, the picture in the article doesn't have the, this image that I've got right here in front of me because I, uh, I went ahead and looked it up. But mm-hmm. uh, Toyota had a lowrider built by Lowrider Magazine mm-hmm. for their 50th anniversary in the United States, and they thought, well, we're going to uh, we're going to make it a lowrider Toyota Camry edition. Um, it's not anything that they're going to produce mass, of course. No, it's commemorative. This is just a commemorative car that that Toyota had Lowrider Magazine build. Uh, of course, it has its full lowered suspension, but it, it's What's weird is that, you know, it's got all the stuff that a, a lowrider would have. It has, you know, custom seats and the mm-hmm. custom dash. It has, you know, the the really the shiny chrome wheels and um, two tone you know, paint job. Yeah, two tone paint job. The top is completely open on it. It's it's completely different than any Toyota Camry you'd see on the road ever. Yeah, but it is a growing trend. They're saying of Japanese import cars being used for lowriding purposes, mm-hmm. and I found this completely strange because. This goes kind of against what the history of the the uh, I don't know the the lifestyle of of low riding has been about all along. Yeah, we're gonna see. It's I I predict there over the next few years we're going to see um, some evolution in the low rider uh, prized car category. Yeah. You know, now the the greats are never gonna leave. No, I don't think so. I mean, you're still gonna see Cadillacs. You're still gonna see mm-hmm. Monte Carlos. You're gonna see Impalas and mm-hmm. you know the Buicks and Cutlasses. And there's gonna be a lot of different uh, historic cars. But you know, you gotta remember that you know that that population is dwindling. Uh, the the population of and I mean the population of of older vehicles. Yeah. Uh, gets smaller and smaller every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are, are big into keeping these things around and restoring them and doing, you know, doing due diligence, I guess, to keep yeah. them on the road. Um, others buy them from junkyards and take the, you know, the pieces and, and create something out of them, make, make a low rider out of them. Um, you know, besides taking one that's been restored and making a low rider, some people would object to that, but, right. uh, there's also people now that are saying like, well, what's available now? Because, you know, it's not unheard of to have a, a relatively new Chevy Caprice as a lowrider. Yep. Or, you know, some of the, the, uh, newer, like, uh, let's say, uh, uh, Crown Victoria. 
as a lowrider. Mm-hmm. Um, what's such a big, I guess, is there such a big step in going from that to a Camry? Right. And a lot of traditionalists predictably would have a problem with, as you said, uh, customizing an older vehicle into a lowrider in the first place. But mm-hmm. then a lot of lowrider traditionalists may have a problem with uh, taking these newer vehicles. Mm-hmm. Taking, just because it's an import. It's not a, a piece of American iron. Right. And and to that, I would say, you know, I totally see that viewpoint. I understand it. Uh, also, we have to consider this started. One of the reasons that Chevy was chosen was not just because of its body shape, but also because of its affordability. Mm-hmm. And this is um, lowriding. Lowrider culture is regardless of how some people may deride it, uh, low-riding culture is part of American history. Mm-hmm. I think if anything goes back to the 30s and the country as young as this, it, it's uh, it's part of American history and it seems set to become part of the American future. Very nice. Those are okay words. Yeah, that was good. You know what? I I um I gotta say that I don't I don't think I really. You don't want much, one? I don't much like the the new trend here. I I like the older, bigger cars. I mm. like the uh, I, I just like the look of the old classic lowriders versus. I'm trying to imagine some of the uh, the Japanese import cars or Chinese import cars someday. Who knows? Sure. Um, imagine having a, a Tata Nano. I knew. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. As a, as a lowrider someday, like you know, 50 years in the future. Is mm. that gonna? What's that gonna look like? I knew you were. Gonna uh, say that. Did you really? Well, as soon I was thinking of the example. How too. about an original mini lowrider? We so get a British car yeah. as a lowrider. That's yeah. yeah. Jaguar. I, w- I would. W- wow. Jaguar. I'd want to see how that would work. You know? <laughs> no, I don't. Not me. Not you. Not you don't want to stick with the old American the classics. Yeah, I definitely right now from the photos I've seen, the data I've seen, I definitely prefer the older cars. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows, man, uh, 50 years from now, people might be saying, well, these new electric hover car low riders are nothing to that classic Camry. <laughs> yeah. I guess there's always a chance of that, right? There's always a that, chance. That the could happen. Is out. But uh, we hope that we've given you a pretty good look at uh, low rider cars. Uh, we haven't gone too far into low rider culture, nor in the specifics of this, but these are basically how they work and why they are made the way they are. A little bit of history. Think we did all right? Yeah, I think it's all right. We did. We th- we think we did okay. Um, write into us and let us know uh, if you have a lowrider story, and especially send us pictures of an awesome lowrider car if, if you got you, one. If you have one, if you own a lowrider, send us a paragraph or two about it and tell us how it works or you know any of the interesting features it's got. So maybe some maybe maybe some photos of it. That'd be really yeah. cool. Or even a video of it in action. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be mm-hmm. that would be extra credit right yeah. there. Now, as you know, Scott and I work for the Internet, which means you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. You can read uh, more about our 10 great lowrider cars and how lowriders work on our website. And if you've got that paragraph, too, maybe even a video, you can send us an email directly at carstuff at howstuffworks.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join HowStuffWorks staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more 
at viking.com. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. 